the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of retired congressman. <laughs> and, just, and, and it just happens to be that we have one on today's show. Don's like, see Don in the video is laughing at my joke. I, as long as one person laughs at my jokes, I'm happy. Greg, I mean, full disclosure, full disclosure, the only reason that I actually tolerate being on a show with you is because your impeccable sense of humor, your memory for quotes that are pithy and appropriate. And what the heck? You're a really nice guy. So it's great to hang out with you uh, once a week. And I would love it to be more. Same. So my name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Don Dix. And we are again with our engineer all in our secret underground bunkers at undisclosed locations somewhere in Southern California. And as I alluded to, uh, our guest this week is a retired member of Congress. And we won't hold that against him too much. He actually served twice in the 1990s and was uh, lost his reelection after doing what he thought was the right thing and voting to uh, impeach President Clinton for lying under oath, uh, committing a felony when you're in office might be grounds for, for impeachment, and then served again from 2007 to 2007, 2013 from the San Diego area. He was also on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. He has some very, inter- we hope he has some very interesting things to say. And uh, he was also telling us off the air that uh, he was driving uh, he was driving up to our area from, uh, from, the, from the Yacht Club on his Harley. So he's already, you know, we're both envious and admire uh, what it, you know, his, his lifestyle. So, no further ado, welcome to the show, Brian Delbright. Thank you. That was the crowd. We actually have an in-studio crowd that was so excited to have you here, we could barely contain them. Both of them. It sound like my grandchildren uh, have, uh, got got into the tape. No, got great to be with you. Uh, the the uh, let me. Let me first give the uh, official disclosure here that um, there will be uh, facts and no falsehoods. I won't lie to you. I don't have to. I'm not up for election this year. And the, uh, <laughs> the, the fact is, uh, yeah, when you grow up on the border a block from the beach and two houses between uh, your home and the Mexican border, it, it does uh, produce an interesting mixed product there of uh, wow of uh, a lot of street sense. And um, I didn't drown uh, before I was five years old, only because uh, lifeguards pulled me out of the ocean three times before I was even should have been at the beach. And, and, and that's why your nickname is Rip? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> they, they actually, actually, they, uh, the, the nickname is B2, and it doesn't come from the bomber. It comes from the Pakistan president used to name all of us uh, B2. I think you remember David Dreyer. You got nailed it with D2. But uh, outside of that, it's great to be here. It's, it's great to be able to um, sneak up to this part of the world that uh, so often we just whiz by uh, in and out of uh, uh, South San Diego. And, and let me make one thing very clear. I really resent people trying to imply that San Diego is part of of uh, is in Southern California. We're south of Southern California. We're, um, in fact, our slogan is better North TJ than North than South LA. <laughs> well, Und- I, you know, understandable. Before, before, before we went on the air, we, we started a discussion about what the heck happened to California. And so let's pick that up. What the heck happened to California that uh, Ronald Reagan won by two to one? In 1984, had voted for a Republican president, Republican presidential candidate every election from 1960 through, uh, maybe not 64, but through um, 1988. Well, I mean, you've got to you've got to look at the fact that um, there's so much 
the left looks at demographics. They look at what's the long-term gain. They're almost, you know, like the Chinese of, of just don't worry about the cost and the damage in the short run. We're shooting for this, this long one. And it, it gets so insidious that um, we do things that any looks very benign. Uh, one of the biggest problems we had is that we have an element that, that has um, felt desperate at um, importing the cheapest labor possible, almost almost a parallel to what we saw in in um, the American South with slavery, and thinking who cares about the long term damage done social economically to the region? We're getting it right now. Um, and I'll give you an example. One of our greatest op- opponents of um, e uh, verify, which is so simple that even the Obama administration made it mandatory for everybody and every member of Congress is required to use it. And believe me, if Congress can you can make it work, anybody can. But you've got you've got leadership, very powerful leadership, right? The Republican um, leader, right, is is adamant against it because you've got people dependent on bringing in cheap cheap illegal labor and over a matter of time that starts changing the entire relationship where you've got people that didn't come here like my mother to through the system you know working you know, living by the rules you're, you're teaching a whole sub subculture that the way you get ahead in america is break the rules um don't follow the regs laws don't matter and it's astonishing how people talk about we're a nation of immigrants, but they forget that no, 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 we we we're a nation of of laws, and um and that is the foundation of our freedom. And as a child of an immigrant, I really take it for granted that they're I mean take a, take offense to people comparing illegal immigration with legal, but they're able to do it because there's money to be made for it and there's political base. We've also made the mistakes of of things like the um, a good idea that really looks good on paper was like the the redistricting. And let's have a committee do it, whatever. The trouble is the left just feeds in their, their um, minions in there and their cronies, and they've got them pre-programmed to what's going to do. And they sneak them in and in, and they do the groundwork. To ha- Again, you've got to understand these changes happen one person at a time. It happens with one person getting the vote who, because they broke the law or somebody getting in there to be able to change this because they're gonna, they think they're going to get more benefits out of this. If you don't have time in an election to win one vote, and I learned that, I was 24 years old running for the city council. And I remember somebody saying, well, I don't have time to talk to these people. If you don't have time to take the time to win one vote, you've lost the election. And um, we haven't been willing to look at that long term. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that other people are making the same mistake. Look at Texas. And I've been fighting uh, with the Texas leadership in the Republican Party saying, you guys got to wake up. Your demographics are going to be moving behind you and whatever. And they said, oh, yeah, but we won't give them welfare like California. So they won't do this and they won't do that. Um, People just got to understand that. Uh, it can happen to you too. And Texas right now, we're seeing, we're seeing the political structure change. If you go into Austin, they, they're, they, they look like San Francisco of Texas and people don't recognize what is at stake in a lot of this stuff. Let me ask you this oh, on absolutely. the heels of your Texas comment, just very quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, Greg, you said, look at Texas. We we here in California hear daily stories of people leaving this state for what they think are greener pastures only. And I have this conversation with everyone that I can. It's got fine. You can go there. You're going to enjoy a couple of years. I don't know, maybe a little longer of whatever life you think you're going to have. But if we don't stop this in California, California is the epicenter for progressive politics and all that goes with it, the cultural Marxism all up and down the laundry list. If we don't stop it in California, it will be everywhere that it's not already, and it will be there in steroids. Your thoughts on that? My thoughts, first of all, let me make a comment, in all fairness. It's not progressive politics. You know, they're, re- they're rebranding themselves because they've, they've polluted so many terms. Liberal, you know, every term they get, they change it. You know, Teddy Roosevelt was a progressive. That's a whole, he sent gunboats down to be able to force, you know, force things to be done. They're leftist 
politics and we got to nail over it. They're not undocumented immigrants. They're, you know, calling an, un, an, an illegal and undocumented immigrants as logical as calling a drug dealer and an unlicensed pharmacist. Mm. The terminologies matter. Point one of the things we need, we, we need to stop allowing them to do that. They're the leftist movement on that. And I think that getting back to your question, yes, you, you've, you've got to, um, Get them to uh, people understand that it can happen. I'll give you a good example, though. I am really impressed that there are people uh, talking here in California who, where the average voter has been totally disenfranchised um, and nobody wants to talk about it. One thing that we ought to be doing in California, if I can kind of jump back to California from Texas, is, is um, raise the issue of one person, one vote in California, that this, this state with all the people screaming about the last election and screaming bloody murder about the, the electoral college, it's constitutional. It's in there. And um, it was funny to see senators trash the, the electoral college. The hypocrisy just runs rampant in the system. But one thing we could do here is saying, yes, the Constitution says electoral votes need to be allocated by state. But it doesn't mean that this, that we can't allocate our electoral votes based on proportional votes. And then in other words, ra- rather than give one party a monopoly that hurts all dissenting voices, and that means dissenting voices from the extreme left, the extreme right, or the moderates in between, everybody should be pointing out that what we have in California, the winner take all, violates one person, one vote, and California can't change the U.S. Constitution, but we can make sure that our votes are get a get a um, an initiative a constitutional amendment requiring that our electoral votes are distributed based on proportional proportionality of how the voters voted so that those who are not part of the majority party at least have a chance to be represented somewhere in the system that's the kind of change that if we package it right that does the left support violating one person one vote are they going over that all the talk they talk about the southerners where the Democrats, violated one person one vote for generations and listen remember the people that that um you know s- you know push slavery um push segregation are the same people today that is pushing socialism and that's the democratic party and i can say it my family is a long family of democrats um but what we've got to remember here is that there are things here in california we can do even with how powerless the average person is if you're not part of one of their little cliques and their organizations big labor coming from new york dictates local elections more than i've ever dreamed would ever happen here my hometown you had you had new york labor bosses sending in hundreds of thousands of dollars in a city of twenty-five thousand people i went what kind of deals are being made in the back room on that it's astonishing what they're able to get away with a straight face Amazing right. how much money there is behind socialism and, and and Marxism. I do want to come back to you, and we'll do it in the next segment about the the effect of of, of immigration. But uh, the proportional representation would that would that have given a less? Because once it applies here, then okay, well, fine, you do it in California. We should do it everywhere. And, that's up to each. That's up to each state. This is how this country operates. Okay, and we you know the European Union doesn't require. Denmark, which is what five million, it's not a little a little over. It's the Denmark's less than the population of Riverside and San Diego County combined. Okay, that doesn't right. require them about how they do it, and we don't do it either. Okay, but what's the argument? Is is if this principle applies in California, then they then the Democrats do it in Texas? Oh, they if they do it in Texas, that's that's their thing. But what I'm saying is they need to do it in Texas. But what we do is what we can do where we can do it and how we can do it. And what what can we do? Now, one thing you're seeing is a lot of people here are helping um, helping the, the battles in other states. And um, the Senate is absolutely essential. I mean, and, and I'll tell you, let me just say something that's going to get a lot of people upset. What happened in Alabama where you had a man who has been totally ostracized by people who claim to care about the, the um the traditional freedom-loving Americans. And that, that man, Senator Sessions, if there was anyone who has stood up on the immigration issue, as somebody, I was chairman of the Immigration Reform Caucus, the one guy you could depend on on that was Sessions. 
And he was the first guy to come out when it no, wasn't fashionable to support Trump. And then to see people that claim to be um, conservatives celebrate the fact that he got nailed because it was one thing you disagreed with him on. And we've lost a great asset and we may lose that seat. And that's one yep. thing I would tell you a flat out, too, is I'm very close with the with, you know, my my cousin in Nevada is very close with Harry Reid. Harry Reid bought his opponent in his last election by pushing somebody as the ultra conservative, best conservative. And he avoided having to run against the opponent and be careful. These guys are picking our our candidates because they they know they want to get the weakest candidate. And in Alabama, they did that. They got a, somebody, I think, that lived there two years. And it's going to be tougher for us to take that seat. It would have been no Republican money would have had to have been spent in Alabama if we had gone with the guy who has represented that state for over 20 years. Interesting. Yeah, the coach of the uh, football team, I think, is the guy that they move forward. Yes. Right. I know when the coach of the football team goes back to the Senate, he has no seniority. He doesn't know anything about the immigration issue. He doesn't know anything about all of these things. He's a good-minded person. But it's going to take him 20 years to get where Senator Sessions is. And everybody says, yeah, but we cleaned it out. I'll tell you something, guys. The people that think about let's just keep switching off people and get rid- get new people in the politics. Let's have mm-hmm. eight-year term limits on doctors, on lawyers. Let's have you know, the, the next guy that takes your kidney out, he should n- not have more than eight years' experience doing surgery. It is felony dumb that we do that kind of thing. But that's just an opinion of one guy that's worked with the system. You have to retrain these guys. And I'm not so sure the the outcome is going to be beneficial. I'll, I'll say this to every Californian. How has term limits worked for in Sacramento? Right. I think it's a good point, but we do need to take a break here and hear from our sponsor, Ed Hoffman, of some of the funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And occasionally those private citizens decide that they want to serve their neighboring private citizens and run for political office. That is the person that is with us right now. Brian Bray has served in a whole variety of different offices, and we're chatting really about a broad range of issues that I think are Im- uh, important for us to be uh <laughs> uncovering in advance of this election and greg you uh you had your question on uh immigration derailed a little bit in the first segment so let's go back to what you wanted to explore with brian about immigration since he's right on the border yes we were talking about the political effects of immigration and that uh, business interests like the cheap labor and are oblivious to the consequences and most republicans have been oblivious to the consequences that 80% plus of legal and illegal immigrants and their grand and their children and grandchildren vote Democrat. So you, you're important. Cheap votes year. and cheap labor. Cheap so, votes yeah, and so cheap labor. Right. You, you keep, it's like what part of a million new Democrats per year do you not get? And yeah. they, they would, the business does not get, and I've written this many times, that cheap labor is not cheap. I'll see these columns that are written, you know, um, that, you know, they're complaining about the business regulations and the taxes and how difficult it is to do business in California. And you go, how many of these guys have been, are employing illegals in their business? There was a restaurant owner that was written, I read a column recently. 
who's complaining about the uh, the COVID regulations and how difficult it was to do business and don't impose more stuff on me. And, you know, I don't know about this guy particularly, but restaurant, a lot of restaurants employ illegal aliens. And they don't, they don't make the connection. And, and they pass off, it's a, they pass off the cost to the general population. I was a county supervisor and had to, uh, for 10 years in a county of three and a half million and had to provide the services. We provide health care, free health care, just so we didn't have to pay the prices of all emergency care because that's where they showed up. And it's a shift and shaft um, game going over there. So, yeah, it, 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 is an, it is an issue where they don't see the reality, the people who play this. I was the only member of Congress that actually had rescued illegals when they're drowning and recovered their bodies. The first body I ever recovered when I was a, a freshman lifeguard was a drowned illegal trying to swim across the Mexican border. I mean, I grew up with the death and destruction, the robbery, you know, 40,000 people at a time, you know, in a year sometimes got, get slaughtered and they get slaughtered south of the border in this issue. And nobody wants to talk about that. But mm. here's the big thing that people forget. I'm down at the border and it's a battleground, but the border is not the source of the problem. The border is a symptom of the problem. It'd be like if you say um, heart attacks are a shoulder problem because that tends to be where the symptom shows up first. The source of illegal immigration is not the border. The source of illegal immigration, almost 85 to 90 percent is is the um, the employer who's paying people to come here and stay here. And one guy that's not real, really popular right now, but I, but he got absolutely trashed for saying the right thing, was that these, um, Romney, when he sat there and said, if we stop the employers from paying people to stay here, they'll self-deport. And they ridiculed and laughed at him. Well, statistically, when the economy gets bad, we've seen it happen. And, right. and um, have, again and again. But nobody wants to tell their friends that they can't do it. We've become addicted like drug deal, like drug addicts at cheap, illegal labor. And we're going when we're paying the price and we've just got to say that has to stop. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that we can have a program that allows people to come here and work. But it has to be a true guestworker program, not like what was being proposed when I went back into Congress in 06 where they're going to have people come here, work for two years and go home or five, 10 years and go home. They weren't going to do that. What they should have is a true guest worker program that you regulate. They come for six months, they work certain jobs and then they go home. And if you got to switch them off with a cousin, but they keep their connection down in, down South and they have their, their community still in South, but you don't sit there and, and start calling it, Oh, it's not illegal. It's undocumented. I mean, the, the wordsmithing is so terrible. And you got to remember, I went back in 06, and I remember being asked by a reporter when I got there was, why do you think that you can stop the, the, um, the, the comprehensive immigration bill, Mr. Bill Bray, when the president is for it, the Senate is for it, the House is for it, the Democrats are for it, and the Republicans are for it? How can you think one congressman, congressman can make a change? And my point was, how would you do it? And I said, all I have to do is turn the word comprehensive into amnesty. And he laughed at me when I said it. And a week before the vote came down, if you remember, President Bush slipped and said, we need to pass this amnesty bill. And that's where the words come important. And we allow the other side to do a lot of that. But getting back to the immigration issue, nobody wants to talk about the, what's going on south of the border and the problems caused there. Nobody wants to talk about the problems that are um, created here. They're, and the source of the issue, we can nip it really easy. This president could put an executive order requiring that the IRS audits the books of every employer who is busted for hiring illegal. Because under the law, it is illegal to claim a business tax deduction expense for an illegal act. How many thousands and thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of employers have been busted for hiring illegals, but none of them have been audited for the fact that they deducted their um, their um, taxable income based on pay they gave to somebody illegally. That would change the whole game because then the employers would not be being called by the INS, they would be um, called in by the IRS. And hmm. that 
could change the whole thing overnight. Just make E-Verify mandatory if you want to claim a business tax deduction. Game over. Nobody will be... They, no, there's so, would, there's so much that could be done, and Trump has done more than any other president, but they, but uh, he could do even better in this area. We are out of time for this half hour. Stay tuned for the second half hour of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we see every day the need for people to fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. If you want little things like freedom, the republic, and preserve our country. We're visiting with Brian Bilbray, who is a former Republican member of Congress from San Diego, as well as serving on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. Now, you said something the other day when we were talking, and we're going to launch into this discussion, that it is not enough to be right. As in, there are good good values, good policies, good ideas. I think one of the scariest things is that our friends believe and are so confident that that of uh, the righteousness of where they're, you know, where, what they want to do and how they love this country. But there's a feeling almost as if that it's almost a, a concept that I'm right. God's on my side. All I have to do is stick to my beliefs. No, you've, you've got to be smart. My father told me flat out again and again to, my, to his four boys, Bill, Bob, Brian, and Barry, the parents were big on bees. Um, and sat there and said, sons, being right is not enough. You, if you're right, you have a moral obligation to be smart. If you're wrong, there's nothing wrong with being stupid. But the greatest frustration I see is people that are dead right, but they, they do stupid things and, and don't think that it's important always to, to be smart. And it's essential. I'll give you a classic example. Little things that add up. Now, get back to wordsmithing. Who was the brain surgeon who called um, called it Obamacare? Well, I tell you, I know who was in Congress that did it, and he felt so strong about it. And this group was so strongly against it. And they thought it was going to be a negative to give a guy who had not one piece of legislation that he offered in his entire political career, President Obama. They gave this to him. And thinking it was a negative, and it and I'll give you, give you an example. You know, Brian. Well, if you're not going to call it Obamacare, what would you call it? I'd call it what it is. The Henry Waxman's bill is the Unaffordable Care Act, and we should have been saying from the beginning that the Unaffordable Care Act, the Unaffordable Care Act, because statistically, scientific, everything you look at, what was passed 
in, in our committee by Waxman with no hearings is totally unaffordable. Within six months of that bill passing, what was called the Class Act, where you were going to have young people pay for half of the cost, disappeared. And it was the Obama administration that abandoned the Class Act. But we thought it was great to use that term Obamacare because it sounded good to us and our buddies. But it wasn't. But but it was actually a shot in the arm and helped the opposition. And that was a stupid thing to do. And we sh- if we had started from the beginning, the, the Unaffordable Care Act, where they kept getting hearing it and hearing it and hearing it, pretty soon people would realize it's the Unaffordable Care Act. Little things like that really do matter. Well, you and, know, but, uh, just, just by the way, uh, the uh, the Affordable Care Act, its, its official title, does hold a Guinness Book of World Record. Two lies in three words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, you know, that's, that's why we keep Greg got, around. He's he's got this uh, knack for uh, being able to warehouse all these uh, pearls of of wisdom. Go ahead, Brian. Oh yeah, like like military intelligence and political truth. Okay, <laughs> well. <laughs> And I say that as a son, son of a naval officer. Right. Jumbo um, shrimp. Yeah. But um, the uh, there, there are so many of these things that that we get into. I mean, I guess a good example would be and we've already talked about it, uh, thinking that um, the term limits and it was all because somebody couldn't get Willie Brown and pushing term limits in Sacramento. I mean, you talk about just literally putting the gun to your political head and pulling the trigger. You know, it's like the old joke where the guy pull, puts the gun to his head and says to his wife, don't laugh, Martha, you're next. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it just <laughs> reason gets lost because we feel we get so emotional. We feel so strongly and we allow that to take over and we don't have the right to turn our brains off. We don't. We've got to remember that this is not a checkers game. This is a, a three-dimensional chess game. It's like, mm. remember the old uh, Star Trek where they played and it was in three different dimensions and you could move from one dimension to the other. That right. is what politics is about. And you and it's so much more complicated where one action can affect another and another and bounce back over. And the fact is, um, because some, somebody, some mayor went down and got an old congressman and said, look at these pollings, a guy like you could win, comes back up into a totally different district, gets elected, goes to Washington, stops a reform, a, a immigration, a so-called immigration reform bill that would have get massive amnesty. Who would have thought all of that could have fit together? But these things are technical. So you really got to keep your brain engaged. Let the opposition be self-righteous and, and think that being rights all matters and then be, let them be stupid. We have the moral obligation to be smart intelligent to really think these things out and um that's a scary that that that's a real real thing we just always got to remember am i is this going to work out what does this do in the long run in addition to being smart and playing chess not checkers equally as important and equally as almost largely deficient on our side is to be a warrior for the cause the enemy, the Democrats, and all their minions, they may be wrong, they may make mistakes, they're evil, in my judgment, but they are ruthless, relentless warriors for their cause. They, they, they know what they want, they never give up. If they're temporarily defeated, they don't change, they don't say, well, we need to change our policy. No, they just, keep, they just keep at it and find new scams and new ways to try to get it. Their approach to politics is theology, and they, they, they think they're, they're intellectual about it, but it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, for, for somebody to call themselves a socialist in this century is, is the greatest outrage of anybody could ever dream of when you go over that. This is, that'd be like somebody standing up in the 19th century and saying, I'm an Indian killer. Okay, it might have sound great in the 19th century, but in the 20th century, it was outrageous. And, you know, and I will say that somebody calling themselves a socialist um, today is like as somebody in the 20th century saying I'm an Indian killer. And I'll tell you why. No matter what they claim to be, is that that um, what socialism claims to be people who call themselves socialists in Germany and 
and um, Russia and China and in and in um, Cambodia. People who call themselves um, communists in the last century murdered over 100 million people last century. That is the message we got to get over. Um, and and don't tell me that communism is just is, is just a, 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 a catchword for socialism. You didn't Russia. The, the Soviet Union wasn't called itself Soviet. It was the, the the Soviet means socialist republics. They didn't call themselves communist republics. They call themselves the same thing that people in Congress are calling themselves today. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But it, but it's, not that. It, it's not like saying, well, I'm I'm a, I'm an Indian killer. Yeah, you know, it's it's working in many ways. It's working for them. And oh, yeah. again, our, our side, our side has not. We, we thought we won the okay. We thought we beat, defeated socialism, and it was okay. We're done, and they kept relentlessly indoctrinating socialism in the government-run schools and universities. And we have not engaged in that argument. Why is socialism bad? Why is let, it- let me t- let me let, let me back up and let you tell you something. My frustration you have when you've been in the game for forty years like I did. I mean, I started off at. 24 years old and was a mayor in 27. But when I went to Congress, one thing I hit on on our side and dunk um, went went straight to um, Newt Gingrich was that when we went to school, the political science teachers and the history teachers were veterans who got their GI Bill and came back to teach. They went off and fought in World War II and in Korea and came back to teach us and people that have been in the real world. And right now you have people that have gone from high school to college and come right back to the same high school and taught with their perception of the, what they caught in college and had no reality um, contact like we had our teachers. I was pushing the Republicans to not only give scholarships on the um, troops to teachers program, but to pay them to go to school and get out there. And the trouble is too many Republicans were saying, oh, no, well, we don't want to do that. That's too socialistic. We, that's something the Democrats would do. I said, yeah, that's why they're building a farm club that's going to go over. I was pushing in 1995 that we should be paying veterans to go become teachers and, and subsidize them to, to the nth degree and up the ante on the Democrats. Say, okay, you guys believe in this? Let's give these guys, these veterans, even more. And you're blump, blump. That's the thing where we we should have been doing. We should have been doing subsidizing that rather than subsidizing crap like ethanol that pollutes the environment and the environment. And people say it's great for the environment because businessmen in the in the middle, Midwest is making for, fortune off it. We sold out our kids' whole concept of what is freedom and what makes this country unique because we didn't spend the time to make sure that people who are teaching them were people who knew what was going on rather than somebody who was living by by this um, left-wing theology. And it even starts earlier than that. It starts in the elementary schools where you used to have, as when I grew up, probably when you grew up, Brian, civics. was a, It wasn't social studies. It was civics. In second and third and fourth grade, growing up in Baltimore, Maryland, I had the uh, Declaration of Independence front and center. I had the Constitution. We had to remember the preamble to the Constitution. It didn't hurt living in Baltimore where you've got where you're embedded in the founding history and the history of the Civil War. But still, that creates a uh, a perception that there is a part of your life that is responsible to answering that call that's unique in our republic. And that is the most important political office is private citizen. You have a role in government. You just don't vote twice. You, you have know, a, resp- once every a role two years. and a responsibility, but they yep. don't even teach the fact they're now, they've been teaching now that you can break the three, the, the three pillars of personal freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is, is property. Locks three things. You're seeing now the media. You're seeing with the looting today that they're saying, "Oh, what, they're only destroying property." Well, yes. That Locke said it quite clearly. When it is the French Revolution, the, the the Chinese Revolution, the Russian Revolution, when you start destroying property and stop respecting property, killing people is the next step. You had the Night of the Broken Glass by National Socialists in Germany. And people say, oh, it's only their shops. Yeah. And how many years did it take before they were they were putting people in a, in a gas chambers? And that step, people go, oh, Brian, that, that's, that's a stretch. No, it's not a stretch. We've known since the age of enlightenment that you cannot protect human rights and civil rights 
if you do not protect property rights, because it will, once you start down that road, there's the mob can take over and no matter what they call themselves and call themselves the government, they can call themselves the committee of, 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 of uh, activists or whatever. We don't teach that. And how many times have you heard the press sit there and say, oh, but it's only we're not going to do this for property or that. that a lot. I see, you know, I grew up in a, I grew up in a neighborhood where a working class, poor neighborhood. I can tell you, my friends, who would key a car, a brand new car because they were jealous of somebody's car. They would take their switchblade and put it into the tire. And the guy, sure enough, started stabbing and killing people. And I can I've got friends that went to prison. There's not too many, many congressmen that grew up in the neighborhood where I did. Where drug dealing and violence was just a way of way, way of life, and uh, smuggling was was the second. You know, you had kids that smuggled drugs. You had kids that became lifeguards. You know, I was the lifeguard side. I have a brother who was a smuggler, but I grew up in that environment. And you stop learning to respect people's property. You've lost respect for that person. Let's take a break here. Outside of that, I don't have an opinion about the issue. No, I think that was that was one of the most important points that we made so far in this program, that of property rights. You 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 really uh, got right to the quick of that issue. Greg? Let's take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you this question is, what are the Democrats thinking by going so crazy far left? Are they just in, in, in their bubble or do they think they have this thing wired and they're going to win so they don't need to conceal who they are? And we'll get into that after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United England Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We can't wrap up a conversation with this individual, Brian Bilbray, who has served in so many different political offices, has had an amazing life experience that he's sharing with us without getting down to the call to action. So we talked before the break, uh, before we uh, started this segment about what we needed to cover. One is, what should people be doing? Uh, let's get to that, and then we'll get to Greg's ask, which is, uh, um, a, a, you know, what do, about the Democrats? The call to action right now. You know, we can't control what's going on in D.C. personally. We can vote, but that's, you know, we can't control what's going on in Sacramento. What should people be doing now, in this moment in time, going forward? I know that this is a marathon, not a sprint, but right now leading up to the election, what's the most important thing for people to be doing? I think the biggest thing is that they need to be brave enough to confront their friends, uh, their relatives, um, and not kowtown to the, the um, uh, social intimidation that's going on. The social uh, lynch mob that, and I will use that term, um, the lynch mob is in the left. They're the ones who are kicking indoors, attacking people, going into this this political lynch mob that if you dare to not use their terminology, that the, not just what you say, but what you think is a crime, that is that is absolutely terrifying to think would happen in this republic. And a republic that... that um, you know, fostered, you know, people like Thomas Jefferson. I mean, people that that that, that foster the, the, the Adams and the, I mean, you go down and look at the founding fathers. Can you imagine Abraham Lincoln? Um, what they would have, people would have loved to have claimed he was doing this and that. Imagine if he was intimidated by the opposition and and uh, slandered for speaking the truth. That's what we've got to be brave enough to do. I love driving up here from San Diego and along the highway I saw, I saw on 15, just as you're entering Orange, before you enter Orange County, make the Constitution legal. 
you know, leg- mm-hmm. legalize the Constitution, et cetera. Right. And they, the concept they're they're we understand we have people that think the Constitution is an evil device that they hate America. And that we just got to say we got to be brave enough to say it's this is not a fashion. I, and, and, and they are driving it. I mean, let me version show you exactly. Um, you, you were going to have Hamilton in Washington, D.C. The left was going to take Hamilton off of the, the money because Hamilton and they were going to replace it with a woman. It was a big movement. It was within one vote of Congress to change this. It was a fait accompli. And then a musical comes out of New York and all at once it all changes. Is that how you want your country run? That you can do a play, you can do do a little article, you can have one video, and the whole concept of what's legal, what's fair, what's what's acceptable, is all going to change overnight by one little um, marketing package. We've got to really stand up to that. And nowadays, the ability of the marketers, of the manipulators, to control us and put in there, we've got to be smart enough to say, okay, that sounds nice, but it's BS. You know, it may look nice, but it's still crap. And 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 it that just doesn't can't change no matter how much um, they want to advertise and how much they want to try to package it. We've got to be brave enough to say when they we're being polled, when we're being asked by friends saying, you're right. I don't like this guy, but he's a hell lot better than the other guy. Um, I mean, I I remember I said in the last election and I'll get in trouble for saying this. Um, who are you going to vote for, Congressman? I said, damn, I wish I had two votes. Um, you got two obnoxious New Yorkers. I wish I had two votes so I could vote no twice. But mm-hmm. that is not humor, but it's making people think about the fact that you may not like your choices, but the whole world is making better choices, the best choice you have available. But, we, but if you believe in something, damn well, you have a responsibility of not only being smart, but expressing what you really believe in because the other side is going to do everything they do to silence you. And once they have an agenda to silence you, you've got to ask why. And you should be terrified of why anyone would want to censor a fellow citizen's ability to not only talk, but even think the way they do. And we've seen what's happened in countries that have done that. And it's been a very, very ugly situation. And the ugliest situations we've ever seen in, in our society. And as I said before, people believe that you shouldn't be able to have free speech and you shouldn't have be free thought. People who demanded that everybody think and believe the same thing in their society murdered over a hundred million people in the last century. Is that you, is what you want this century to do in the future? What the Democrats have done is they've created a workaround for the First Amendment through violence, intimidation, threat of firing, censorship on big dem tech. And Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, understood that whoever would overthrow the liberty of a nation must begin by subduing the freeness of speech. And in our last couple of minutes here, two or three minutes, I thought long about what are the Democrats thinking? Normally, you win the you win the primary, and then you try to at least pretend that you're moderate and and, and appeal to the middle, but they're actually they're careening too far to the left. Are they just off base in their own bubble and thinking that this is going to work? Or do they think they just have this wired with their with big damn tech, with whatever calamities they have planned to launch in September and October, vote fraud, massive amounts of money? Do you have any sense of what they're thinking and whether they're right? Well, what's scary is they're thinking out of the box and they rightfully so. You saw that um, it was kind of interesting that they were touting and bragging about that the Obama uh, campaign, use the internet, use the whole networking thing, use all of those. And a lot of those networks are exactly what the urban terrorists are using right now, the same network. And they, they you had a presidential campaign that was bragging about it one time, then the next guy to use it happens to be a businessman from New York who had an R next to his name. And then it was an outrage that he was using the, the internet and using networking and whatever. And it's astonishing that the same tactic, not even as done as, as well, but the same tactics as one is a great vice at showing that I'm cutting edge and I'm progressive and whatever. And the fact is you had another guy who comes in and he's, and he's not 
touting their left wing extremism. And there's uh, and they said that is some kind of outrageous thing to happen. I mean, it is the institutional memory is two seconds here and they want to keep it two seconds. Get back to your basics that freedom is not free. And we've got to stand up and be brave enough to say, as every citizen is, is sort of like the guys at, on Lexington or Con- Concord, let's use Concord. You have one bullet. You have one vote. You have one voice. And you've got to stand up for what you believe in or there's nothing worth standing up for. And it's not for you. It's not for me. It's for your children. It's great. Cho- your, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. Think down that line that what do you want this country to look in 50 years? And it's terrifying to think that they want to make us look like a totalitarian third world country. No power, no water, no freedom. Freedom. Those are the wow. stakes. And as you always say, it, the, the private citizen is the most important political office. And that's true more now than ever. And we lose this election. I think we lose the country, lose our freedom, and it's going to be a one-party socialist state. Thank you, Brian, for being on our show. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for having me. We will. We will soon. We will. You can listen to us next week on another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California DRE ID number 10126585, Arizona MLO license number 0926439, branch NMLS ID number 184172, Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 0925837, Equal Housing Opportunity. AM 590, the answer.